Welcome to Foundation Christian Church. We're glad that you're joining us for today's message. For service times or to join a disciple group, please visit foundationcitrusheights.com. Well, the message this morning is about King David, but it's also about Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. <clears throat> and so at the end of the message today, we're going to have a test. And the test is, do you remember what the verse was about, what the verse was? And it's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And so there's repetition. Uh, right now, I'm trying to learn Spanish. Uh, I've been, I, I speak broken Spanish. Uh, I preached a message over in the Spanish congregation. I'm, they suffered through my message. They, I think they understood me. Um, but anyway, the Spanish program I'm taking uses a lot of repetition. And so I'm listening to the program on my computer or my phone, and it says the same words over and over again. So I'm going to employ that that technique in today's message, you're going to see the same verse throughout the message, throughout the slides, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. So at the end of the day, if you don't remember anything else, I want you to remember Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which is, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Now, the word trust starts off with trust in the Lord. Trust. Can we trust God? And this, this scripture has... Uh, contrast to it. Either you trust in the Lord or you rely on your own understanding. Now, it, that's a challenge when you trust in the Lord, but I don't understand. Is God going to really pull through? Sometimes we think God is not there. God is there. But we have lies given to us by someone other who is not God. It says God is not there. God's not real. He doesn't hear you. He doesn't care about you. God's very judgmental. And, and, like, does God really care about me? You know, just the other day, I said a cuss word, and I'm not sure God forgives me about that. I, and we have all these things flip through our head, and we need to just stop and just trust in the Lord. God loves you. God loves me. And so we're going to talk about the life of King David. And, yeah, we're going to... We're going to skip through the book of 1 Samuel. Now, I'm jumping over a lot of good stories. If I were to cover all those chapters we're going to be covering today, you, I, I'd be preaching through next Sunday, and I think you'd probably go home and watch the game this afternoon, right? Okay, so we're going to jump through. We're going to like, take a stone, and you skip across the water. It bounces across the top of the water. So we're going to get various of the scripture throughout 1 Samuel. So forgive me if you don't get all the, the in-depth details. When Daniel was young... It said, David came to Saul and entered his service. So David's young. Saul liked him very much, and David became one of his armor bearers. Then Saul sent word to Jesse, saying, Allow David to remain in my service, for I am pleased with him. So David's well liked. The king likes David. D David helps the king out. Because whenever the spirit of, from God came on Saul... David would take up his lyre, that's L-Y-R-E, not L-I-E-R, it's a big difference there. David would pick up his lyre, his harp, and play. Then relief would come to Saul, and he would feel better, and the evil spirit would leave him. Music calms our soul. Why do we start worship, why do we start the church service with singing? Because singing prepares us for the word. There was one time I was asked to preach at a a church, and their musician wasn't there. They said, just get up there and preach. Man, I hated that. Try and preach to a congregation that hadn't worshipped God yet? It's hard. And music really calms the soul. 
And so David was well liked. Why? Because David was a man of God. And here it is, repetition. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now we're going to focus on the blue. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. David trusted in God. God was using him. Seek his will in all you do. He was seeking God's will. And God used him. So then comes the story of David and Goliath. And David said to the Philistine, now, okay, you know the story of David and Goliath. How many of you have not heard the story of David and Goliath? We, we, we all know the story of David and Goliath, some more than others. But anyway, here's this big, giant Philistine that the, the Israeli army was afraid of because he's big. He's big. And David is this little, scrawny, teenage kid who says, <laughs> he's defying God. In other words, the, the Israeli army, the Jewish army, is saying, he's bigger than us. David looked at him and said, he's smaller than God. Where is our comparison? Are we comparing our problems to ourselves or our problems to God? Trust the Lord. Trust in God. And so David came down there, and the, and the king gave him all his armor and so forth. He goes, man, that stuff's too heavy for me. I can't move with this armor on me. And he said, he goes down there with a spear and a slingshot. And Goliath is making fun of him. But here we see the, the key part. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. Who was he focusing on? He was focusing on God. You are bigger than me, but you're a lot smaller than God. I, I, I'm on God's side. So it's not me you have to worry about, Goliath. You have to worry about God. He came against me in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. Defied. Again, repetition. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Seek his will in all you do. Seek his will, not our will, but seek his will. What's going to glorify God? So, David was doing very well, and so he was put in charge of the armies because, you know, if you're a king, you've got a good commander and knows how to lead armies, you're going to put the commander that's successful out in front. And so whatever mission Saul sent him on, David was so successful that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. This pleased all the troops and Saul's officers as well. Well, of course, they're going to want to, all the, the army's going to want to follow a good commander because you have a bad commander. He's going to lead you to, into ambush. He's going to lead you into destruction. You, don't, you want a good leader. The king wants a good leader to lead the army, and the, and the soldiers want a good leader to lead them. And Saul was very uh, pleased with David, and David was very, very successful, and so he was very popular. Trust in the Lord. He trusted in God. Trust in the Lord all you, with all your heart and seek his will in all you do. Now the part gets a little interesting. When the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out in front of the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing with joyful songs of the timbers and lyres. What were they singing? They were singing a song. Saul has saved his thousands and David has tens of thousands. Now, Melissa just taught a new song today. 
she taught us many songs. Has she ever taught us a song about slaying thousands of people? No. Have you ever heard this song sung? Well, we may have an opportunity today. Saul struck down his thousands, and David is ten thousands. Saul struck down his thousands, and David is ten thousands. Everybody listens when David speaks. Saul is bad at hide and seek. Saul struck down his thousands, and David is ten thousands. Saul struck down his thousands, and David is ten thousands. David's filled with God's anointing. Saul has just been disappointing. We prefer the giant killing boy king any given day. Saul makes all the wrong decisions, wise in his own eyes, David isn't. David is the king that everyone envisioned, that is why we say. Saul struck down his thousands, and David is ten thousands. Saul struck down his thousands, and David is ten thousands. David trusts in what God said, Saul he conjures up the dead. David calls upon the Lord, and Saul he falls upon his sword. Saul struck down his thousands, and David is ten thousands. Saul struck down his thousands, and David is ten thousands. Saul struck down his thousands, and David is ten thousands. Hey! So I'll ask Melissa if she wants to lead, teach you that song sometime, okay? <laughs> and I, had, I won't tell you this part, but I had to edit some parts out. <laughs> you can see me if you want to know what the other parts were. Anyway, uh, <laughs> David continued to succeed in everything he did. The Lord was with him. The Lord was with David. When Saul recognized this, he became even more afraid of him. So, so something's happening. David is so successful, and Saul hears people singing. So this, David, Saul is singing his thousand, and David is ten thousand. He's starting to realize, I got a problem here. This guy is becoming more powerful. Eventually, he's going to want to become king. I'm not going to be king anymore. And back then, it wasn't democratic. They didn't vote for people. They kind of just threw the old leader out. You killed the old, old leader, whatever the case is. And so Saul became very suspicious and fearful of David. But David kept trusting in God. Even though things were starting to turn against David, he kept trusting in God. And when Saul realized that the Lord was with David, and this part, this part cracks me up, Saul realizes God is with David, so what he's going to do, he's going to try to kill him. I said, okay, okay, I'm going to try to outwit God by killing his servant. Not realizing God is all-powerful, all almighty, all-eternal, uh, you know, all-knowing. Don't you think God's going to know what he's trying to do? Because he's, he's God. But and sometimes when we try to outwit God, we're, we have a very small mindset. We think we can outsmart God. Don't, don't, do, don't go there. So Saul realized that the Lord was with David and how much his daughter, Michael, uh, Michelle, loved him. Saul became even more afraid of him. He remained David's enemy for the rest of his life. Sometimes when you are walking with God, people are going to like you because you're, you, you have God's anointing. There are also other people going to not like you because you have God's anointing. So just because you have God's anointing on your life doesn't mean people are going to like you. So Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, repetition. Trust the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. He will show you which path to take. 
While David was playing the harp, Saul tried to pin him to the wall with a spear. But the spear struck the wall, and David eluded him and ran away and escaped that night. So right there, you know, okay, he tried to kill me. He leaves. He, he gets away. Smart move. And, but David repays good for evil. In Romans 12, 17, we read, um, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do that which is right in the eyes of everyone. If, if it is possible, so far as it depends upon you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, Vengeance it is mine to avenge, I will pay, says the Lord. If, on the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. And doing this, you will heap bring coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So even when someone's trying to kill you, you do good to them. And let God take the vengeance. See, when God takes the vengeance, he can take vengeance for good. When we take vengeance, we take vengeance for evil. I'm angry at you, so I'm going to try to destroy you. God says, I'm angry at you, I'm going to try to help you become a better person. Big difference there. So we let God do the vengeance. Our job is to love. So David spares Saul's life twice. The first time, after that, David got up, he went out of the cave. and Okay, so David is being chased by Saul. He goes into a cave. David goes, uh, Saul goes into the cave to relieve himself. It's called a bathroom. And, and it's dark in there. They didn't have electricity in there. There was no light. But David was in there. His, light, his eyes got adjusted to the darkness. Saul comes in, and, and his buddy is saying, Hey, David, you can kill Saul. Here's your opportunity. He doesn't know you're here. You're right next to him. You can kill him. So what does David do? He cuts off part of the garment. Then he allows him, Saul, to leave. He comes out and says, Saul, Saul, look, I have part of your garment. Look down there. It's cut off. Same color, same material. I could have killed you. I just killed your garment. I didn't kill you. And, and so, um, when David finished saying these things, Saul called back, Is that your voice, my son David? That sounds so affectionate. My son David. And his life had just been spared by the guy who he's trying to kill. Then Saul wept aloud and he said to David, You are more righteous than I, for you have rewarded me good, though I have rewarded you with evil. Now I now know for sure that you will be now I know for sure that you will be king, and that the king of Israel will be established in your hands. That sounds so repentant. Hallelujah. Praise God. Testimony time at church. The king came back and he told me that he realized that he was wrong. Hallelujah. Praise God. And sometimes we hear these good reports and we're so excited, but sometimes people, they have a moment of uh, re reflection. They realize how wrong they are, but their heart's not changed. So they have a, a good moment, but they revert, revert back to their evil way. And so he says, now I know you're going to be king. Come, return. But David didn't return him. Why? Because he didn't trust him. Trust in the Lord. He David, trust in God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And depend not on your own understanding. Seek his will all you do. And he will show you which path to take. Now, a second time. Here, David, Saul already told David, you're, I know you're going to be king. Then he starts chasing him all over the countryside again. 
And so, you know, every commander has to sleep. Everybody needs to sleep. Armies need to sleep. And so Saul is chasing David. They're out there in the field. They're, they're camping out. They're sleeping. Saul and I think, you know, his companion says, hey, let's go down into the camp. They walk into the camp. Saul's right there. His spear is right there. He's, he's being told, take his spear. You can kill him with his own spear. Here's your opportunity to kill him. David said, no. Don't kill him. Then David took the spear and the jug of water that were near Saul's head, and he and Abashi got away. Again, he had the opportunity to kill Saul with his own spear. He refused to do it. Where the king's then... So, like I said, I jumped ahead. And verse 16, where are the king's spear? Oh, yeah, he's calling down to him. He says, Saul, look, where's your spear at? I have your spear. I have your spear. I could have killed you with it. Then Saul confessed, this sounds so good. I have sinned. Come back home, my son. I will no longer try to harm you, for you value my life today, and have, I have been a fool and very, very wrong. Beautiful confession. Beautiful confession. But he's already done this twice. A confession sounds great, but David's saying, show me, show me an action. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and seek, the, the will, seek his will in all you do. But there's something going on in David's mind. Here's this guy who's been trying to kill him all the time. But David kept thinking to himself, someday Saul's going to get me. The best thing I can do is escape to the Philistines. Then Saul will stop hunting for me in Israelite territory, and I will, be, I will finally be safe. At this point, in the next few chapters of the First Samuel, you're not going to hear the name of the Lord being called on. David is relying on his own thoughts his own understanding. And at first, it seems like it's going good. Sometimes we plan things, and it, it seems like it works out, so it must be right. And so he goes down, but you know, he's dependent, he, he, here I crossed out trust in the Lord. He wasn't trusting God. He was dependent on his own understanding. He wasn't seeking God in all he did, and, and to, for the Lord to take his, make his path straight. And so he goes down to the Philistines. Now remember, the Philistines are the ones that had Goliath, who David killed. Philistines are the ones that he, David has saying his ten thousands, and now he's going down to live among them. Why would they even accept him? Well, it's kind of weird how politics is. Have you ever heard the word politics? You know, um, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. You know, like right now, you know, uh, a number of years ago, we were at war in Vietnam fighting the Vietnamese. Now they're our allies because, we, uh, because of, they're against China. And we, and we need an ally against Viet, with Vietnam because of China is trying to go down to the South China Sea. And in World War II, Germany and Japan were our enemies, and we were giving weapons to Russia. Now we're fighting with Russia, and Germany and Japan are our friends. Things change. And, and the king, Ashes, really was awed by David. And here is this, this 
influential guy from the, from the Jews, from Israel, who's come to me. And he's just thinking, wow, this is awesome. And so when David goes down there, he said, okay, well, you know, the commander said, don't let him stay with us. So they give them a town outside of there they could live in called Ziglag and have him live over there. And so David has been, they were, they were still a bunch of warriors. They would go off and they, they'd fight somewhere. They're telling the king that we're coming against Israel. We're fighting against Israel. They weren't fighting against Israel. They're going off and they're fighting against other enemies of Israel who are also friends of the Philistines. And they would kill everybody to make sure wood did not get back to ashes. He was lying. And he come back and said, where, he said, where have you been today? Well, I've been going up against Israel. I've been fighting against Israel. And he's saying, oh, yeah, this guy's good. <laughs> this guy's good. He'll never go back. And so Ashes believed David, and he thought to himself, by now the people of Israel must hate him bitterly, for he will have to stay here and serve me forever. His whole plan David's plan was working. He lied, and he had the leader of the Philistines believing him. But he was living a lie. The entire Philistine army was now mobilized, and, and they're, they're going to go up against Israel. Now, they were actually going to go themselves, fight against Israel, fight against Saul and his army, and they asked David to join them. So, if we stray from God, we, and we go and... Sometimes when we turn our eyes off God, we resort back into our old lifestyle. People who've been on drugs will often go back to drugs. People who've been in crime go back to crime. People who've had bad affairs will go back into having bad affairs. Uh, people who um, just, whatever the case is, we often resort back into our old lifestyle or we, or we go somewhere where God does not want us to be. And here... Um, The, the Philistines were going to go up against Israel, and they asked David to come up with them to fight against the Israelis, fight against the Jews. And sometimes we're living a life that is so contrary to God, we start hanging out with people who do not like God, who dis disobey God, who sin. They're going to expect us to start living their sin with them. They're going to expect us to start partying with them and, and smoking the whatever with them and, and just doing everything wrong. We're going to be invited to live their lifestyle. And David's being asked to go up with the Philistines to fight against Israel. What's wrong with this picture? But the Philistine commanders were not as fooled as the Ashes, uh, the, the leader of the Philistines was. They, and they said, what are these Hebrews doing here? Because these Hebrews, you know, they'll be going up with us, and then they're going to turn against us in battle, and they're going to be among us, kill us in battle, and they're going to make themselves be heroes. Now, I have gray hair, white hair, whatever. I've had a few years behind me. When I was much younger and the hair was black, I went on a youth camp. Snow camp with my church, Church of God, Southern California. We went up to the mountains, and we had uh, uh, two. We had a big snowball fight. It's winter time, by the way, and 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 so we had these cabins were on this side, these other cabins on that side, and we were allowed to get a fort set up. We had snowballs, and we and we started throwing snowballs at each other, back and forth, back and forth. Well, what I did was I snuck over. Somebody, no one knows who who's who. I snuck around to the enemy side. I got 
big, big, not a little soft from the wall. I got a big clumps of snow. I came right up like I was going to throw it over the other side, and I picked a camp counselor and whoever was next to him, and I hit the back of the neck and I dashed across the line. I did that three times before they caught me. I was among them. They thought I was one of them, and I was working against them. I was a spy. I was a, in, in doing whatever. And so anyway, the commander said, we can't trust these Hebrews here with us because in the middle of battle, they're not going to be fighting against us. They're going to be killing us. We're vulnerable with them. And so they said, send them back. You know, David was depending on his own understanding. He thought he was doing what was best. But one interesting verse, and we go back a verse, is you know, seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Now, was God still, now David was not calling out to God. He was following his own understanding. Was God still directing him? We're going to see in the story, God was still directing David. And sometimes when we are straying from God, and we're not following God, God is still with us. God is still guiding us. He's still working things in our favor because God sees the total picture. God has not left us because we have left him. And God has not left David because the commander is saying, send him back. Yeah, that would be a perfect opportunity for David and his men to ambush the Philistines and claim victory with Israel, but that's not what God's plan was. God says, vengeance is mine, our pace, says the Lord. You take care of what you're supposed to be doing. And so he went back, and the, um, so I already said this part, um, the Philistine commander said, send him back, we don't want him. And Asher summoned David and said to him, I swear by the Lord that you have been trustworthy ally. Wrong. I think you should go with me into battle, for I've never found a single flaw in you from the day you arrived until today. But the other Philistine rulers won't hear it. Please don't upset them. Go back quietly. Don't make a fuss out of it. Just go back. Just be quiet. Go back to, to Ziglag. So David's men head back to the land of the Philistines when the Philistine army went into Israel. God was in control. It's a good thing, too, because God had a plan. It would have been a total disaster for David and his families if he had gone into battle. Three days later, when David and his men arrived home to the town of Ziglag, they found that the Amalekites had made a raid into the Negev and Ziglag. They crushed Ziglag and burned it to the ground. They had carried off the women and children and everyone else, but without killing anyone. That's nice of them. They didn't kill anybody. That's really nice. Like that. Uh, then David and his men saw the ruins and realized that they had, what had happened to their families. They wept until they had no more strength to weep. Have you ever cried and cried and cried and cried? And you just ran out of strength to cry and weep, but you're still sad? It's just like this grief will not leave me. I just can't get over it. I don't have any strength left in me, but I'm still sad. That's where they were. These were Hebrews, Jews, who were no outcasts. They were outcasts of Israel. They go to the Philistines, and they're outcasts of the Philistines. They go down to Ziglag, and they find their families are missing. 
and their whole possession destroyed, they had nothing left. And sometimes when we go through life, we get to the point where we have nothing left. They had nothing left. And David's two wives, uh, uh, in, I can't pronounce her name, Ahinlam and Abigail, the widow of Nabal from Carmel, were among those captured. David was now in great danger because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters, and they be, began to talk and stole him. In, fact, in other words, David, we followed you. We trusted you. We left Israel. We, now we reject the Israel, reject the Philistines. Our families are gone, and it's all your fault. David, we hate you. We're, gonna, we're thinking about just, just kill this guy. He doesn't do us any good. That seemed like it would be the end of the line for him. What, what hope is there at this point? David was rejected. I already mentioned that. So David, now, this, is, this, is, this is the interesting part. Finally, we see David calling on the name of God. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Then David asked the Lord, Should I chase after this band of raiders? Will I catch them? And the Lord answered him and said, Yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. When all else fails, call on God. It's good if you call on God before everything fails, by the way. Just a little word of advice. Keep God in your plan. Don't just wait till everything is destroyed. But even if you do wrong and you don't follow God and you hit rock bottom, it's still not too far down that God will not hear you. When all fails, call on God. Call on God beforehand, before all fails. But when, God, when David called on God, God answered. When you call on God, God will answer. When I call on God, God will answer. Why? Because God hears us. Satan wants you to believe God doesn't hear you. But God hears you. Don't believe Satan. Believe God. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Depend not on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. David got back everything the Amicalites had taken. He, he, he rescued his two wives. Nothing was missing, small or great, son or daughter, nor anything else that had been taken. David brought everything back. Now, this sounds great. There are times we're not going to bring everything back. I don't want to just rely on this one story saying, hey, when you turn back to God, everything gets restored. Job was a righteous man. He lost his family. He lost all of his possessions. Yes, God restored him later, but his sons and daughters are still dead. There are times that we're going to have losses that we're not going to gain those losses back, but we have God. And God will always work through the disasters and bring victory through it all. But in this case, David brought everything back. He also recovered all his flocks and herds as men drove them ahead to the other livestock. So anyway, he got his families back, they got the the herds back, their flocks back. Trust the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Let me repeat, let me repeat that. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. One more time. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Now, Nick Vlusik, I, I was looking through um, something and this is like this is the last minute addition to the message. Have you anybody ever heard of this guy? Few of you have. He spoke at the prison. I'm, for those of you who don't know, I'm a retired prison chaplain. And he spoke at one of our prisons down in Imperial Valley a number of years ago. 
the guy was born with no arms and no legs. He's a great evangelist. But when he was born, he was from, originally from Australia. He's based now in Southern California right now. But his parents his, didn't want to take him home from the hospital. They were like, oh, man, the baby has no arms and no legs. And this guy, got, they ended up working with it. They took him home. They, they tried to help him out. But he, got, he tried to commit suicide by diving into a swimming pool. No arms, no legs. He dived into a swimming pool. He got saved more, you know, physically. And God did a real work in his life. And he, he just, he's a total encouragement. If he has no arms and no legs, then he can be, bring such encouragement to people. So anyway, here's a video. Hey guys, I hope you're having a great day. One of my favorite verses, Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not upon your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all your ways, and He will direct your paths. Guys, it's so hard to trust in the Lord with all your heart, especially when, you all, when all you see are broken pieces or storms in life and everything feels like it's crumbling all around you. The Lord is faithful. He loves you and He will carry you through when you cannot walk. He has a plan for you. Don't lean upon your own understanding. I mean, I, I, in my own understanding, a life without limbs, how could I ever live a life without limits? It's only because God had a good plan. God has an awesome plan for you and His grace is sufficient. No matter what you're going through, pray to Him. And as you draw near to Him, He will draw near to you. God bless you and your family today and keep that in mind. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not upon your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all of your ways and He will direct your paths. No, not going back. There. <laughs> there. So the quiz is I got a test today. What verse do we cover today? Okay. You're not going to have the whole Bible memorized, but there's only certain verses you have memorized. This is one of them. And when things are going good, trust in the Lord. When things are going bad, trust in the Lord. And trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not rely upon your own understanding. Yeah, sometimes God gives us wisdom. We use the wisdom God gives us, but sometimes we just don't understand. And sometimes we feel hopeless, but know that God is there. Do not rely upon your own understanding. In all his ways, seek his will, and he will show you which path to take. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Hey, Father, you are such an awesome God. We really want to thank you, Lord, for your presence with us here today. We thank you, Lord, because you're always faithful. Even when we are not faithful, even when we go down to the camp of the Philistines and we go back into our life of sin, we go back into, uh, we, we for, take our eyes off you, you're still there with us, you're still guiding us, protecting us from the situation and our zigzags in our life. Lord, we just pray that you'll continue to help us keep our eyes focused on you, knowing that you are the director of our lives. We give you the praise and the glory and the power and the honor. We thank you, Lord. And I pray you'll be with every person here to go leave here today. That we'll leave here just knowing that we're having a good time in church. But leave here equipped to keep our eyes focused on you and to trust you. In Jesus' name we pray we thank you. Amen.
God bless you. Uh, by the way, we, we're, we've try to restructure the Spanish service, the English service. The Spanish service takes place at the same time as the English service so that we have fellowship at the same time. Sometimes we get out earlier, sometimes we get out earlier. But fellowship, when you see the people from the Spanish congregation, uh, tell them hola, Dios te bendiga. God bless you. Take care. God bless. <laughs>